This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and right away, right away, I, I have to start with one of these. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, I'll tell you. I watch the uh, uh, morning news, local morning news. It's a uh, Fox affiliate, but it's not like Fox News. Fox News. It's a, you know, it's a local news affiliate kind of thing where they just cover local news and what's going on in the national news. You get some weather and traffic and some sports maybe, and some human interest type stuff and yeah, that kind of thing. And this is a, it's a, this is this is two things that I've noticed. Now, let me say this. I'm not easily offended, but I am easily annoyed. And I notice things, and and sometimes they can annoy me. And have you noticed, if you watch the news, and mainly the local news will do this, but I think national news will do it too. You'll have uh, a reporter giving the, the report. They're in the studio, and they're standing next to uh, a wall that's got the like the monitor on it, and it's and it's showing video on that. And then sometimes they'll they'll just go right to the video feed, so you don't see the reporter at all. You just hear their voice, and you just see the video stuff going on. And maybe they'll put up some chyron of some you know text or something that you can read along. And I I swear this is what they do. If they know the report is going to take a minute of the air of airtime, they tell their video person. You know, someone that's paid or an intern or whoever puts together the video clips, they tell them, okay, we're going to need stock video for this this bit here. Uh, it's a minute long. That's what we anticipated being on the show. So uh, we need you to cut together a, a video bit that lasts 10 seconds so that we can show it half a dozen times while the guy's giving us the report. So that people like Dim sitting at home will say, you know, I I've seen this shot already. Why do you keep doing? Can't you do at least thirty seconds of video clip, and then it would just repeat once? <laughs> you know, I mean, and if it's a thirty-second bit, then do a five-second video clip so we can do it six times again. I, I swear that's what they do. 
Well, maybe there's a good reason for that, for production. It takes less time to put together a 5-second video clip or a 10-second video clip than a 30-second one or a full-minute clip, I suppose. But it just it really does bug me. And specifically, though, this morning, now I should let you know, in case you don't, uh, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. That's where this show originates. Uh, I've lived in, I'm 52 years old plus a few months. I've lived in Minnesota all my life. I've lived in St. Paul virtually all my life. There was a six month period where I went across the river and lived in Minneapolis with my, with my girlfriend. See, it would have to be a woman to get me out of St. Paul. And, and, and she's now my wife. We lived in her apartment for like about six months, and then we moved back over to St. Paul in the house that we're in, that I'm in right now. And, you know, and to tell you something more specific about this, uh, I've lived in the same zip code since uh, the summer of 1973, with the exception of those six months. And I'm not going to tell you the zip code because I don't want to say, I don't want to say, stalkers, put your maps away. Okay? Just, I don't want you to try and find me. Anyway, so uh, yeah, it, so we're in the Twin Cities. I'm in St. Paul, but we're in the Twin Cities. Local morning news for the Twin Cities. You know, the metro area, the you know the viewing area too. A little bit of Wisconsin can view it too. And I mean, they don't tell me can't, but you know, we're close enough. You, you can watch it. But this, it's pretty much, you know, it's for the Twin Cities. And. They're doing a report this morning, being Friday when I record this, this morning, and it's Memorial Day weekend coming up. They do a report where the guy is telling us about what to expect for travel conditions of the weekend, how many people are going to be traveling this year as opposed to last year, is it up or down, which apparently it's going to be going up by about 5%. 5% more people will be traveling more than, I don't know, 50 miles or something like that over the weekend. And they also say, you know, what's the gas prices at this time uh, compared to last year? And it's pretty much the same. And then, you know, what kind of road construction can we expect? That kind of thing. So he's, the guy's doing the report, and he's standing next to that video thing, that monitor deal. And, he's, and, and there's a montage on there. And his, his bit's being about, I don't know, 45 seconds to a minute. So the, the clip's only like 10 seconds long. So we keep seeing the same montage played every 10 seconds so I get a chance to really look at this this thing over and I get the chance to notice stuff about this and what I notice is there okay again we're in the Twin Cities in Minnesota you know we're not the original Twin Cities that would be Sodom and Gomorrah but we are the Twin Cities Dallas Fort Worth you can't call yourselves Twin Cities no no just because you're two big cities fairly close to each other but you're expanding so you're getting even closer to each other the outskirts of each of your towns you still can't call yourselves the Twin Cities we were always this close to each other St. Paul Minneapolis we got a river between us that's how close we've been we've always been that close to each other since the two cities have been established so we are the Twin Cities don't don't let anybody else tell you there's any other Twin Cities Unless they're from Sodom and Gomorrah, and then, you know, and then you'd say, okay, fine, Dim says it's okay to call that the Twin Cities. But, <clears throat> I'm watching this video clip, and I'm noticing something. 
they're showing shots of uh, crowded freeways, and lots of traffic, and one direction's really full and the other direction's not so bad. And, it, and there's one shot where in between the two directions of traffic is a train line. And it's, we do have, in the Twin Cities, we have this, this thing called the light rail, which is a train, but it's, it, the train I'm seeing in this video clip is not like the train that we have for the light rail. Looks more like a subway train, or dare I say, an L train. You know, the elevated trains that they have in, in, in some other cities in, in the United States and probably maybe around the world. Like New York has an elevated train, right? Well, I see that and I think, don't think we have a train set up like that in the freeways. And then the clip changes and it goes to some more cars and traffic and whatever and it shows some airplanes flying or whatever, stuff like that. And then there's a shot of, the, of another freeway and this time you can see one lane of traffic, uh, one side is all filled with cars and the other one's not so bad. And in the background, in the distance, is a cityscape. Not that far distance either, but there's a cityscape there. Now, I'm not an expert on cityscapes. There are a few that I recognize. Uh, I can recognize the New York City cityscape. It was a lot easier when the Twin Towers were still up there because they were there, and it's a lot easier to spot them. But, you know, I can identify that. I can identify the Minneapolis skyline and the, and the St. Paul skyline because, well, I live right there, and so I see them all the time, so I can recognize it. And, you know, then maybe a couple others, a couple other towns, including this one town. Because I looked at that and I said, that's the John, Han John Hancock Tower, or John, ha John Hancock Building in Chicago. Well, why are they showing clips of traffic in Chicago? Chicago has an L train. Why? I, it, it just, it, it baffled me. And I should have written them a letter or gotten on the phone and called them right then and there. Why are you showing Chicago? We're in the Twin Cities. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, I tell you. <sighs> Gets under my skin. Oh, speaking of Twin Cities, which I was. Last week, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm from St. Paul. Been in St. Paul virtually my entire life. Uh, the Twin Cities has a has a has this dynamic, and I I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you. St. Paul sometimes feels like it gets a little short shrift because of of Minneapolis. You know, around the world, everybody knows Minneapolis. And they don't know St. Paul so much, and maybe they don't know Minneapolis that much better, but they do know it better, really. You know? And so it's it's like we get a little kind of we kind of grouse when. You know, other people from other parts of the country think of Minnesota as just, you know, well, you know if they think of the city of, Min of Minnesota, they think Minneapolis. Um, possibly with the TV series Fargo, they think Bemidji, maybe, or Lucerne now. Maybe they start thinking that because second season and all that. But, uh, you know, first season was Bemidji, second season was is Lucerne, Laverne, 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 Lucerne, I don't know. I just, never mind. But really, it's like this Minneapolis thing. So last week, I was extolling the virtues. I was singing the praises of that fantastic art exhibit of horror and macabre-themed stuff at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. I was just saying how great it is at the Guillermo del Toro. I spent the first segment of the show just talking about how awesome it was. And I said, 
And when I heard, when I listened back on Saturday, when I was in the chat room, I heard myself saying, if you are in Minneapolis or near Minneapolis, you should go and check this thing out. Which, if you're listening to this on Saturday night, you do have one more day. If you're listening to this on Saturday, the 27th of, of May, you've got one more chance because the, the show shuts down after tomorrow, which Sunday, which would be the 28th. But I should have said, if you're in the Twin Cities, if you're in the Twin Cities metro area, if you're going to be there, head on over to the Minneapolis Art uh, Institute of Art and check out this thing. How dare I? I should feel such shame, and believe me, I do. I, I should have remembered that. Uh, I'm going to have to take some points away from me, although I've got so much points. <laughs> you know, nobody's close. I got so much points, but you know, I win the house cup every year because it's because I just do. Because I am the giver of the points. Okay, uh, yeah, I should have said the Twin Cities metro area. I shouldn't have just uh, uh, did did that uh, did that thing and say Minneapolis. <laughs> You know, I mean, if somebody heard me say that, somebody from St. Paul heard that, they might be picketing my house. They might be kick me out of the kick me out of the city. It's a good thing nobody listens to this show. Let's see. Uh, I had something encouraging happen uh, this week, and uh, you you know me, I'm a skeptic, and I talk about skeptical type stuff on the show. Uh, sometimes I don't do the whole show about skepticism, but uh, I do bring it in and some science stuff and religion stuff. You know, I, I do a little bit of that. And um, this, so when you're a skeptic, as I am, and you try to do a little skeptical outreach, try to get other people to think a little more critically about what they're seeing on social media. You know, I don't just believe those stories with those outlandish headlines. I mean, and certainly, certainly, do not ever believe or share any news item, news in quotes, item that comes from World, uh, let's see, World News Daily Report. I think that's what it's called. New, WorldNewsDailyReport.com. Don't ever. It's all bullshit. Everything on it. They make everything up. So if you, you see something on Facebook that seems a little outlandish, you say, look at this article. You know, man puts 40 cow eyeballs up his anus. And then you look down at the bottom and see where that, that's, that, that article links to, and it says World, Net, World News Daily Report. You know it's bullshit. Just pass it by. Which it is, that is an actual thing that somebody put out. There. I don't know how many eyeballs it was, but Snopes cleared that up and said, no, no, didn't happen. It's not true. Yeah. That just didn't happen. So <clears throat> it gets it gets kind of frustrating. We you look at the stuff keeps getting shared, and then you still I still ha I I have Facebook friends that still think that 9/11 was some kind of grand conspiracy by the Bush administration or whatever. They don't believe that uh, you know it was controlled demolition that brought down those towers, and it's just like oh, please yeah the the demolition started at the point in which they got hit by the planes. Hi, boy, they really worked this thing out perfectly. It's just, that's amazing. You know, government works so well, they got that figured out. How'd that, how'd that war uh, uh, on terror go in Afghanistan? How'd that go? How'd it go in Iraq? That this is run by the same government. 
Yeah. And then the next government after that, you know, the Obama administration still you know, at least got the troops out of Iraq, but, you know, Afghanistan's still going on. So, you really, you think that this thing worked? I mean, that was an argument made by a prominent skeptic saying, when he was talking about the 9-11 conspiracy theory, saying, well, you know, it, it couldn't have been an inside job because it worked. <laughs> it, it, it came off so well. Uh, <clears throat> well, you still see this stuff out there, and you still see people sharing stuff from this David Avocado Wolf who's full of crap, and, and Gwyneth Paltrow and her, her bullshit detoxification things, except for some reason Botox is fine, because that's an actual toxin. It really is a toxin. These, this nebulous term of, you know, this will clear your, your body of toxins. Your systems will be clean out. The, you've got to go on a cleanse to get rid of these toxins. What toxins are they talking about? But, you know, and, and she's one of them, but she'll put Botox in herself, which is actually botulism, which is a toxin. I, but, huh? So you see how you know, a skeptic can see that this stuff keeps coming up and it keeps, you know, it's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> you just keep doing it. It's like being Sisyphus and pushing that rock up the hill. The rock of reason, being, pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal and, 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 and baloney and bullshit and woo and, well, I don't use woo that term very often on the show, but, but that's, you know, one of the things they say. And the rock keeps falling down. And it keeps happening. Oh, Got to do it again. Got to do it again. Got to do it again. James Randi, back in the 80s, he busted Peter Popoff right there in front of millions of people on Johnny Carson's show. Busted him that he was doing trickeration to you know, pretend to, to fool the people into giving him money because they thought he was getting messages from God. You know, well, you know, unless God sounds just like his wife and uses a radio. And, and then, not all that long later... Pop, you know, Popoff does go into go into bankruptcy. He did he did suffer for a little bit, but now he's right back at it, suckering people with his crap. You'll get financial healing. You know, he's not telling you to throw away your meds like he was doing back then, which is really dangerous. Now he's telling you to just send me lots of money, and then mysterious checks will just show up your house at your house. They did they, these people said, you know, I I planted the seed, I got the thing, and I did all this stuff, and I got the holy water, and I poured it on myself, and or whatever he wants you to do with it, and then I got a check for twenty thousand dollars from where? Well, how does you just got a check out of nowhere? Okay, so this is the stuff we go through. We keep seeing it that these these unsinkable rubber ducks keep coming back up, and we think, oh, and it does get discouraging. But this week, just this past week. I was driving into work, and I uh, was listening to Mike and Mike on ESPN Sports Talk Radio, and um, they uh, Mike uh, was away, but Mike was there with a guest co-host. So that Mike, Mike Greenberg, uh, I think that's his name, and Mike Golick is the other Mike, but Mike uh, Greenberg, or they call him Greeny. Uh, he was there with the guest co-host, and he said to the guy, he, he brought up the concept of Occam's Razor. And the guest co-host hadn't heard of that concept. And Greeny, 
had just learned about it fairly recently from some, I think it was an athlete that he was interviewing. I didn't, I didn't catch the name of who it was he was interviewing. It was either an athlete or somebody affiliated with sports, I assume, and that he was interviewing. And, and, he, and he even said that when the guy said Occam's Razor, he said it with such a, you know, yeah, everybody knows what that means. And, and, and Mike didn't know what it meant. So he, he looked it up, found out what it meant. And he tells this guest co-host on the show, which I didn't catch his name either, he tells him what it means by Occam's razor, what is meant, and he tells him about you know the the this monk fellow back way back when something or other of Occam. You think I would have written the name down? He's not necessarily the guy who came up with this, but he put it in words that that seem to really cement it. And the idea is, if you have multiple possible explanations for uh, a given phenomenon, and you know, you, you know which one is probably true the one that makes the least amount of assumptions or said another way you know the simplest explanation is probably true it, it doesn't necessarily mean it is but that's you you're, you're gonna go well with holding to that standard if it you know if the simplest explanation 19 hijackers hijacked four planes three of them were flown into buildings one of them was flown and in, crashed into a field the towers came down because the weight above, you know, became too much for the compromised structure because of the fire just weakening the structure. Didn't have to melt the metal, just had to weaken it, brought down the towers. You don't have to make a bunch of assumptions. You don't have to assume that these buildings were rigged up with demolition charges and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it gets more and more complex. Well, what happened to the passengers? What, you know, it's just, you know, what about the witnesses that saw the plane flying into the Pentagon? You know, it's, I don't mean to cover everything. The, the explanation that makes the least amount of assumptions, the simplest explanation, is, is more likely to be true. And again, not necessarily true, but more likely to be the, the actual answer. And here's, you know, Mike and Mike, this radio show, which gets lots more listeners than my show gets nationwide. They even simulcast it on ESPN2, the, the TV thing, on cable. They even simulcast their show on that. So here's all these people hearing about this. And I have to think that it's because, you know, of the last how many years? 10, 15 years, uh, maybe more, that the skeptics movement has begun to, you know, has, has coalesced and, and, you know, skeptics, you know, more celebrity skeptics are becoming known to, in, to the general public. The, the, the ideas of being pro-science, that's it's being generally better known to the public. The idea is getting out there. I don't think we'll ever get 100% coverage, get everybody, you know, working with their critical thinking skills. But buck up. <laughs> I think we've we're having some we're making some dent in there where you know somebody who didn't know what Occam's razor was now does know. So hey, you know you take the little victories that you can. So uh, and I'm going to take a break now that I can. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this break.
You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Network. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi, B, Jane Goodall, C, Albert Einstein, or D, Snooky? This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Oh, let's see. What do I got? Oh, I've got one of these. It's been a long time. It's not true, it's not true. I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. So there. I'll tell you what's not true. Well, you know the internet is full of uh, clickbait, these BuzzFeed uh, and others, <laughs> Looper, other sites. And sometimes, knowing full well I'm going to go into a clickbait thing, I'll do it because I just, you know, it might be interesting, and I check it out. And uh, there's one clickbait site I will never go to, and that is Answers.com. If you see that it's an Answers.com that you're linking to, don't, because it'll have a story that is uh, is laid out one or two sentences at a time. 
uh, you know, this waitress uh, showed a little kindness to uh, uh, a young boy, and you won't believe what happened next. And you click to it, and it just go. It, t it tells you a story in 40 pages, 40 clicks. You got to go through to hear it. You know, no, no, just just show me the article. So Answers.com does that. It's it's awful. So just just ignore that one. Take my advice. But I saw this on the uh, on the on the Facebook, and uh, the the preview picture got me a little. Uh, I thought, okay. I don't think so. <laughs> and the idea of this this uh, bit of clickbait was that uh, uh, these are drawings by children that are showing um, adults doing something that adults do, and the children are just too innocent to realize they're what they're depicting in their drawings. Yeah, this and there's something like. 12 of them or 20 of them or something you know of uh, these images you'll click through and the 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 preview image that you get the play image the one that really wants to hook you in to go and take a look at this because oh that's so funny is is the one that I looked at and it hooked me in to go in to take a look at it because I said that's so not drawn by a child now I won't pretend to be an absolute expert in this kind of stuff but I am an artist and and you know I'm a cartoonist and I've done a lot of studying of art and looking at stuff and I think I'm pretty sure now again this is gonna be a visual thing so you're gonna to have to check it out on the show notes page when I put those up on uh, Monday you'll I'll put the image up there so you can take a look at it and I saw this thing and I you know the 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 joke the premise of this clickbait is to get you to laugh at how innocent children see the world. And they're seeing something that's not so innocent being done, but they don't their 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 naivete doesn't allow them to realize that what they're drawing isn't isn't uh, what they think it is. And there there like I said, there's I don't know, a dozen of these images and and about and when I look through them, I, I figure about four or five of them, four of them, look very suspicious to me. Look like they were drawn by adults. And this one that I have in my hand is absolutely drawn by an adult. I, I, I told my wife about this little, this clickbait thing. I said, I want to get your opinion. And I hold it on my shoulder. Did a child draw this? And she said, no. Now, here's why. Okay, what we're seeing in the drawing, I'll try to describe as best I can, but again, you can check it out on the show notes page when I put those up on Monday. We see uh, a picture of, a, of, a, of an adult male leaning over, you know, leaning his face down to a, a tabletop, and these three lines of white going across the tabletop, and there's white on the tip of his nose, He's got a big smile on his face, and his eyes are closed, and you know, in, this, in the kind of the the, uh, the squinty smile, closed eyes kind of thing, and and written above, you know, in in a child's handwriting, or it's supposed to look like a child's handwriting, is my daddy really loves sugar. He even eat it with his nose. <laughs> Now that would be funny 
if it was drawn by a child, but this was not. First clue is the wording, is the words that are written there. That's your first clue because they're in all caps. Children do not write in all caps, at least not generally write in all caps. Children are taught how to write in upper and lower case. This would have been written in upper and lower case. At least the person who did this didn't put the R backward in sugar. At least they didn't do that. Uh, and they did do some spelling errors, kind of things, you know, he even eat it with his nose. So eat instead of eats. Oh, okay. And then, oh, that must be, that's obvious the kid wrote that. And wit, wit, W-H-I-T instead of W-I-T-H, with. So, okay, so that's your first deal there. A, ch a child did not write that. Then you look at, then I look at uh, the perspective drawing of the table. A little too accurate for a kid. Uh, I look at the, the face of the, of the guy. Um, the, the eyes are placed just right next to each other, just right. And the nose that comes down between the eyes is also well placed. The face is well proportioned. It's almost a, a perfect circle. The, the, his, the, the, the dad's mouth, nice smile, and he has a, a Van Dyke. That's a, that's a mustache and a goatee. They call them Van Dykes. So he's got that, and it's, it's, his, his, his smile is cocked, cocked off to the side of his face a little bit, and the, the, the Van Dyke is perfectly corresponding with the way his mouth is moved. This, a child is not going to draw this. And some of the lines are a little sketchy. And that's another thing. When I look at children's drawings, they don't tend to do sketchy line. They tend to just draw the line. Here's the line. Here's the line. If they make a mistake, they might draw another line. They might do that, but they don't sketch out a line. And this one has a lot of sketchy line going on in it. And that, to me, indicates adults. But this is, this is drawn by an adult. And so I pointed that out on the, on the comments thread. You know, and I said it's just that you know the daddy likes sugar. Uh, that's not drawn by a child. It's drawn by an adult. And then I had there were over sixty comments to that. Most of the people were agreeing with me, but there were a couple of them saying, "Yeah, my grandchild can draw that well." No, he can't. Uh, okay, fine. Your grandchild is a child prodigy. Yeah, this is if, this is not a this is an adult draw, trying to draw like a child. And, 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 and then somebody kind of give the, you know, like, there's always somebody who's got to ruin the fun. And I said, hey, you know, the comedy is supposed to be because this is drawn by a child. It's innocent. They, the, an innocent child didn't understand that it's not sugar, that's cocaine. You know, an innocent child doesn't know that. And that's why it's supposed to be funny. But when an adult draws it, it's just cynical. Yeah, it's just uh, so it bothered me, and this this one anyway. And I'll I'll post it on the show notes. This having been drawn by a child, no, it was drawn by an adult. It's it's not true that a child drew that. It's not true. It's not true. I'm telling you, 'cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. stake my semi-professional reputation on it as an artist as a as a cartoonist that gets paid for it once in a while
<sighs> I'm telling you, it's just, uh, it's, it's enough to make you want to pull your hair out. Okay, where am I? Um, huh. Looks like I got the, <laughs> I'm just noticing my brakes. I got them in the wrong order, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. And you didn't have to know that, but I did. And, uh, uh, well, anyway, so next. Do you guys know who Dennis Prager is? You ever hear of this guy? I've mentioned him on the show before. He's a he's a he's a very conservative fellow. He's uh, he, he's Jewish and um, and he's very much a proponent of the idea that Judeo-Christian values are the awesomest values there are in the world, and that um, secular values are just kind of nebulous and they just they don't come from anywhere. And you know it's relative and you know and it's there's no standard because there's not some sky daddy making it up and you know and of course this you know god didn't follow all of his own rules anyway <laughs> read that bible kids <laughs> especially the old testament read that <laughs> and you'll see so he has this thing called prager university which is an online uh series of videos they're five, six minutes long, and he he does a few of them. But then he has other conservative types come in and do, you know, some talks and some to uh, whatever topics it is. Mike Rode has done one, at least one, and Adam Carolla has done one or two. Uh, the Factual Feminist has done one, uh, or two, you know, has done a couple. And there's other people that, you know, have done these, looking at certain topics. And and I got to say, you know, I have my conservative background, you know, a little bit in that of me in you know, going on and I and I watch some of these and some of them I kind of think okay, yeah, all right, that seems all right to me and it seems to be on it seems right to me. But, you know, it could be just because it agrees with my personal biases and then and I have to kind of think these things through and make sure that that uh that I'm not uh overly biased. And he did, Prager has done one that's called uh, Are Humans More Valuable Than Animals? And he argues that, uh, you know, secular humanist values devalues humans and, and, and puts animals above humans, maybe even, even puts trees above humans, or I would say probably maybe on equal standing almost. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say. It's you know, not because, and he he makes these arguments about PETA, and 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 you know, some survey is out there where uh, two thirds of the young people surveyed uh, in it um, would would save their dog if it was if it were drowning, then save a strang a stranger drowning at the same time. You know, they go and save their dog. They wouldn't save the strange human. You know, it's a stranger human, but, you know, so, and he uses these. And I don't know if I have a great refute, refutation for these, for these points. But he does bring up a couple of things that I, I just, I watched that and I went, um, are you sure you want to argue that? Uh, one of them is, he brings up, he, he brings up Nazis and the abolitionist movement. And I'll tell you how he used that uh, when I come back. I'm going to head to break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm going to play the, uh, this, the break that was supposed to be the first break now. I was supposed to play the other one, but 
somehow I got that goofed up, but you didn't know that, and I didn't need to tell you, but I did you anyway. So I'll be right back. Hang on. identification you're listening to ztalk radio network operating frequency on ztalkradio.com this is meryl streep there's so much in life we can't control but here's something we can colorectal cancer it's the second leading cancer killer in the u.s but it is almost entirely preventable Screening finds polyps so they can be removed before they turn into cancer. If you're over 50, get screened for colorectal cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Delphal News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? Listen to Z Talk Radio on ztalkradio.com. back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, so Dennis Prager is trying to say that uh, Judeo-Christian values are better than secular values, that they value human life more than secular uh, and humanists do. Uh, And he uses, among the other examples, uh, Nazis and the abolitionist movement. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the greatest thinker in the world. I'm not. Uh, and I'm, I'm not the smartest person uh, in, in the world. Um, I might be the smartest person in this room, because <laughs> I'm the only one in it. Well, the cat's here. Anyway. But I was able to kind of piece something together here that I thought, Prager had to have thought of this. Come on. Okay. And I'm sure he's heard this. I'm sure he's been told this. But so anyway, I wrote this thing up that I put on uh, the Minnesota Atheist Facebook page. 
where I shared the video just to see what they, you know, the other Minnesota atheists might think about this. And, um, you know, I said that, uh, that I thought that uh, Prager is a decent, intelligent, and thoughtful man. Uh, he does talk about, he, I, I got the idea from him where he said um, he doesn't necessarily want to change somebody's mind if he disagrees with somebody, uh, if they disagree with him, he says he wants to just understand a person's point of view. He wants to understand why they think a certain way, why they hold the, the, the ideas that they have. He wants to understand. And I think that's at least, you know, I think that's a good thing. And I think he's probably pretty, you know, pretty correct in that way of thinking. Let's try to understand each other at least. And so I think he's, I think he's an all right guy and he's not always wrong. And, uh, but it's just in here, hmm, I don't know. Uh, he's, he's trying to say that Judeo-Christian values are more humanist than humanist values because they come from God. Uh, he uses Nazis and abolitionists as his prime examples. Uh, he also uses the commies, and there he has a stronger point. But um, uh, he argues that uh, Nazis, the Nazis' secular values led to their devaluing of human life and to the Holocaust while the abolitionist Judeo-Christian values led to their opposing slavery. Now first, the Nazis. Gott mit uns. That's, uh, that's German. I think I said it correctly. Hopefully I did. That's German and it means God with us or God on our side. Was emblazoned on the uniforms of the German soldiers. It was on their belt buckles. I later watched something with... Uh, uh, there was a Christopher Hitchens thing where he talked about that. And maybe that's where I first heard this argument, too. It could be. You know, I listen, and I try to learn from people. And Hitchens is a pretty good guy to learn from. I mean, you know, he's pretty smart. He's a hell of a lot smarter than I'll ever be. And he's a lot more articulate and a lot better educated and, and all those things. And he's a much better debater. Uh, but there's one thing I have on him that, he, that, you know, one thing I'm better at than him, and that is breathing. Uh, he's dead. So... Uh, I know, that's a terrible joke. Uh, so Gottmit Uns is, is, is emblazoned on the uniforms of the German soldiers. Uh, now perhaps not Judeo, given the Nazi attitude toward Jews, but certainly Christian. The commies in the USSR arose in largely uh, uh, Christian-populated countries, but they didn't keep Christian sentiments as part of their soldiers' uniforms. And Hitler has made statements... In Mein Kampf, which is the user guide for the Nazi party, he uses he made statements about the Christian values of the Nazi party. And apparently, Hitler was Catholic. Uh, so I'll take Hitler at his word. So, so there's, you know, they're, they're not saying they're atheists or humanists or anything like that. These Judeo-Christian value people well, Christian value people, because like I said, they, they didn't think much highly of the Judeo, uh, managed to justify in their minds killing five to six million Jews and then another six million other people because they didn't fit in with their, with their Aryan race ideals, with those Christian values. Now, the abolitionist thing. You know, so I'll give Prager the fact that the abolitionist movement was largely Judeo-Christian in its values, but the values of the slave-holding states were also largely Judeo-Christian. The people in the South 
were largely Judeo-Christian in their values, were they not? Uh, those states that were fighting for states' rights, but really for the right of wealthy people to own slaves, uh, they could point to chapter and verse in the Bible, the Old Testament in particular, the user's guide for the Judeo-Christian values, well, the Judeo part, uh, they could point to it and where it says, uh, where it demonstrates that God sanctioned and laid down rules on keeping slaves. And who, you could, who could be slaves? As, God, as far as God was concerned, in the Old Testament, the Israelites could hold slaves, they just couldn't hold other Israelites as slaves. That's why, you know, they could have slaves. And he told them, you know, if you got your, you got your male slaves, you gotta, you gotta circumcise them. And, you know, and if you, and if you punish a slave, you beat one of your slaves, and that slave dies, well, you're gonna get punished. But if that slave hangs on for a couple of days and recovers, then you're fine. These are things that are in the Bible. Christian apologists would point to some of the inferences made in the New Testament that appear to be anti-slavery. But I'm unaware of any specific verse condemning the institution of slavery. Remember a couple weeks ago when I said when the Ten Commandments were, when Moses was writing the Ten Commandments, he was tied to the idea of writing only ten, but he used the first four to be about God, so he didn't have room to have a, a, a commandment saying, Thou shalt not keep slaves. You know, if he did... Then, you know, then we'd have something, wouldn't we? But it wasn't a concern of the Iron Age people that wrote the Bible. It wasn't, it wasn't a concern to them. They wanted to have slaves. They just didn't want to be slaves themselves. You know, God's chosen people weren't going to be slaves, or shouldn't be slaves, but the other people should. Now, Paul, in the New Testament, would say stuff like, hey, slaves, if you can get out of slavery, that would be a good thing. It's kind of what he said. And then there was one slave that escaped from his owner, and went to Paul and converted to Christianity, and then Paul sent him back to the owner and told the owner, he says, you know, not, you can't treat him like a slave anymore because he's a brother in Christ with you now. But he never said, don't have slaves. Hey, how about getting rid of the rest of the slaves that you got? Nope. So Prager, who's a smart guy, I, I mean, I'm not that smart, and I can figure those two things out. The slaveholders had a stronger case that God wanted them to have slaves. They could quote chapter and verse. I would argue the abolitionist movement had an element of humanism in their values, which in part led to their opposing to the, the institution of slavery. So, it's just, there's other refutations of his, of his piece, and he did do this other one thing about is murder wrong? Is murder wrong? And, um, he, 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 and I think Michael Shermer does a thing. I'll see what I can find of the video refutations of, 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 the, of these things that uh, Prager had put up about. At least this one, the humanist one. There's one where um, I think you know, somebody put it together where they actually used Hitchens' quotes to refute this. And, 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 and Prager and, and Christopher Hitchens actually debated each other at least once. I think they did on more than one occasion, debated each other over the Bible stuff. So, so there you go. There's that. <sighs> okay. Um, there's a video. I don't... There's a video that's of a... Uh, it's from some Oklahoma 
news station. There was a storm rolling in, and the weather guy is uh, standing in front of the, the you know the green green thing, and he's he's showing this this there's video footage of this storm rolling into somewhere in Oklahoma, and and he's talking about you know here you can see the storm you know the the front of it and it's coming in. There's an awful lot of rain here, and it looks like there's hail coming down there. Whatever he's saying about the storm thing that's coming in, you can see that. But you can also see these two black blobs moving around by this storm. These two little black blobs, and they're moving independently of each other, and they're just kind of they're kind of just meandering around, and then they disappear, gone. Well, you get the UFO types. And can we start calling them UFBs when you get something like this? Call it a UFB, an unidentified flying blob. You know, we got blob squatch. Let's call these unidentified flying blobs, because that's what these two things were. They were two blobs. So he shared, a friend of mine, a fellow Z-talker, shares this video on his page. And I look at this thing, and I, and I try to click to go to the, to the main article. That, that he linked to, but I couldn't get there. It was, just wasn't feeding in my browser, and I couldn't actually see it. But then, so then he provided another link that sent me to a YouTube video, which is uh, which was a considerably longer than the uh, uh, you know that it was it was longer because it wasn't just about that particular UFO incident, or I'm sorry, UFB incident. It had other you know paranormal weird things happening included in there. So I had to get to that segment so I could watch it and I could see it. Now, what we are seeing in these black blobs, if you if you zoomed in on the video, which the guy did, they show the zoom-ins on there, and there's some guy talking about it over it, and he says, if you zoom in, you can see what looks like rocket booster flares. These white kind of flare-type shapes coming off of these black blobs. And but the only thing is, the black blobs don't take off or anything. They just kind of, you know, if they're shooting, if they're putting rocket boosters on, why aren't they moving any faster? I've seen jets put on their afterburners and how they they go, they're going real fast and they put on the afterburners and they go a lot faster. If these guys are putting on rocket boosters, why aren't they moving? So I look at this thing and so they go back and I start commenting and I say, you know. It, it, in the in the video clip that I was watching, the the, the person that had put it together, the, he was a he was a mystery monger. He said that uh, you know there are people saying that it looks like bugs on a windshield. He does that, so he put the that windshield idea in my mind. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that. I went ah okay. So I'm looking at it. I said well it does look to me as though there are two bugs crawling on a windshield or a window. I said you got to realize that. The focus of the camera is on this storm, which is miles away, or you know, a couple. I mean, it's 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 away. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's miles away. It might be a mile away or two miles away, but it's away. And these two bugs, if they are in fact crawling across a windshield, they're just feet away from the camera. So of course they're going to look blob. It's just you're not going to see anything. And then when you zoom way in on them. They're going to, you know, that white flare type thing that seems to be coming off. And that, that I, my guess is that's just an artifact of the video. It's just you're getting zooming in on it, and that's just what it's doing. It just blorts out some color there. It drops some pixels or wh whatever it does. And, 
And when they disappear, and they do, they just disappear, well, that's just the bugs flying off the windshield. So I give that analysis. You know, is that Occam's razor would suggest that they're bugs. Not some kind of, you know, like my, my friend was suggesting that they were, that these are spacecraft from another planet. Or secret government aircraft where they got the technology from that UFO that crashed in Roswell, except that was a high-altitude balloon spying on the Soviets. So I, I put that in there. And I, like I said, I couldn't see, I couldn't get to the actual link. Well, another person comes in and in the comments and says, yeah, in the link it says that it's uh, bugs on a windshield. And when I was able to go check the actual link, you read, it's a couple paragraphs, and at the bottom it says the photographer who took the video said they were bugs on his windshield. <sighs> I don't know. I don't understand why those that need a little help in their, in their, their skeptical thinking, why they are so accepting of such crappy video and such crappy photographs. It's just, this is not good evidence. Why does this look like good evidence to you? It's, it, I don't understand that. It's something I can't get. I just, it's, it's beyond me. <laughs> How looking at two black blobs in a video and then getting way close in on them and so they become even more blobby and then you have these little white flares that don't appear to do anything. If they're rocket boosters, they're not boosting these things. How, how can you look at it and just say, well, I don't know what that is. You at least say, I don't know what that is, because I don't know is a good answer. But it looked to me like, because they were moving around like bugs, it seemed that way to me. And then when they disappeared, I figured, well, they're just flying off the windshield. And it turns out that's what the, photo uh, the, uh, the photographer, the guy who took the video, said that they were. Huh. I have a movie recommendation for you guys, except it's not a movie. It's a video. Yes, I know I'm obsessed with this band. <laughs> and yeah. uh, but it's... it's. I just saw it today. Uh, I'm, I'm part of the uh, Facebook group that's uh, fans of The Who. You know, that's the, the band The Who. My favorite band. And yes, I know. I'm obsessed. Uh, somebody posted a video of Simon Townsend and his band playing the song Going Mobile live. Uh, they do a live cover of that song. Now, Simon Townsend, that's right, that's Pete Townsend's brother, his younger brother. So Simon is playing acoustic guitar, and he's doing the lead vocals. Uh, well, I don't think there was any backing vocals, but he's doing the vocals. And there's a, just a kick-ass guitarist that's really wailing on, on, the, on, the, on the lead, and he's playing electric guitar. He's really wailing on the lead and using the wah-wah pedal. And there's, a, there's a solid bass player. He's not playing like John Entwistle, but he's holding down a nice bass line. And the drummer is doing a pretty good job of, of approximating some of the Keith Moon fills while keeping the beat, you know, by being a little more conventional of a, dr a drummer. But I'm telling you, it is a fantastically tight and and just uh, and just terrific cover of a Who song. It's probably the best cover of a Who song I've ever heard. And I haven't heard many because they're, you know, I don't know. People don't tend to cover Who songs. I don't know why. Then maybe it's just too difficult to, to catch that dynamic. 
But they're, they're, they're out there. They're out there. Even better you know, than, than the Jam. The Jam do a cover of a Who song. Uh, they do a cover of So Sad About Us. And it's, it's, it's good. But this one, man, I tell you, they, they wail on this thing. It's really good. And, and Simon's vocals are terrific. And he, he is very close to sounding like Pete. Not exactly like Pete. Maybe even in some cases a little better than Pete. Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, he, I mean, it's his brother. So, you know, there's DNA in common. So there you go. I'm telling you, it was it's it's really good. So I'll link to that in the show notes or embed it into the show notes so you can watch the video. It's a, it's it's going to be a lot less time than watching a movie, but that's my recommendation. Check out Simon Townsend playing Going Mobile behind Blue Eyes. I'll have it linked in the show notes so you can check it there. I mean, good it. check night, it out. Our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Next week, I am going to do a show, but it will not play on Saturday because i got a Saturday job to do. But I will do a show. It will go into the feed on iTunes. So be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, this is Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights up. There will be a show, but it won't play on Saturday night, so there will be no chat room Saturday night. So. See ya. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.